literally thousands of people in Coffs Harbour uh, next to the RSM club. They, they literally filled the whole street, both, both corners, both sides, both corners. There were people in the shops that had got special access to the shops in the second storeys. There were people on the roofs, the pe people on all five levels of the concrete car park. That was how many people were there. It was amazing. Um, obviously, been the 100th uh, year since uh, the landing at Gallipoli. Uh, it's, it's, it's a time when people are becoming more aware, I think, of, of um, the war. And when we think of the war, we, that, uh, that particular war, we don't want to glorify it because uh, that's not what we're about. Um, but what we do remember instead is the sacrifice of the people that fought for freedom. Um, it's interesting, you know, if you're a firefighter, you fight fire. If you're a crime fighter, you fight crime. If you're a freedom fighter, you fight... No, you don't. You fight uh, injustice. You fight slavery. You fight bondage. Uh, so uh, uh, that's a bit tricky, isn't it? So, so freedom, freedom fighting is actually a proactive thing. It's meant to be a, meant to be a positive thing and not a fighting against, uh, 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 against something. Uh, they say that the price of freedom is eternal vigilance. And... Uh, Anyway, I'll come, come back to that point. In 1914, the, the Australian population was um, under 5 million people. Okay, 1914, under 5 million people. There's now about 24.5, I think, million people in Australia. Uh, and 416,000 of those people were soldiers that had uh, enlisted. So almost 10% of the whole population right across the board had enlisted for the army. Um, in that, uh, in that time around Gallipoli, there were 2,600 people injured and there were 860 people actually died as a result of that. Um, so the incredible cost to life was, was amazing. Um, but as we say, we don't glorify war, we, but we do celebrate our freedom uh, on Anzac Day. And it's nice to have choices in life, isn't it? Choices about who we're going to serve, where we're going to live. Yeah, to have freedom of speech, to be able to say things that are important to us. I think it's of great value in our society is to have freedom of speech, um, to uphold godly values in our society. I think this incredible freedom that we still are just hanging on to, the ability to um, speak about godly values in society, things like marriage, things like um, child safety, uh, things like the right to have personal safety on the streets, for our own personal being, that we're not being attacked, or, or um, and for even police police protection. Uh, I understand in America now, um, President Obama, who is a Muslim man, uh, and I know that because he shut down the um, Christmas Day services, and he goes next door to the mosque to pray on a regular basis. Um, so, I've just understood now that America has brought in martial law, where you can basically be shot without a trial now. Uh, so which is, uh, if used in the right way, well and good, but if you're someone that's innocent, that's uh, pretty rough if you don't get a trial. Um, and the American military now, are, they say they're practicing in the streets, but they are doing military, military maneuvers in public streets now. Um, and they talk, there's some talk about the patriots rising up and and um, traditional people that uh, still own guns actually working against the military, even like people that are American citizens that love their country, 
for some reason the American military is getting ready to go into defence against them. So I'm not sure what's happening in the world, but we know that it's good to be vigilant and to walk around with our eyes open and uh, keep an eye on what's happening in the news. The price of freedom is eternal vigilance. So there's three, three kind of basic ways that I just pulled three scriptures out that talk about vigilance. And one is just a vigilance of our own selves, of guarding our own heart and keeping a very forgiving and loving attitude towards others. This one says, keep your heart with all diligence for out of it springs the issues of life. You've all, if you've been around, you've all heard that voice, verse before. It's by King Solomon in Proverbs. Keep your heart with all diligence. Out of it spring the issues of life. So if our heart gets twisted, if our heart gets polluted, if our heart gets, um, if we start getting a twisted perception of everything, then we can react out of a wrong heart towards other people. And uh, that's one thing. Another thing we can uh, be vigilant in is prayer. And the thing that we have as a society at the moment is that we can gather together in public for group prayer. That's the freedom that we have at the moment that may be one day taken away from us. There's many countries across the world uh, where you cannot meet together for prayer. In China, the church has gone underground, not literally under the earth, but they've gone underground in the sense of meeting privately. Um, the biggest meeting I think they've ever had in recent years is about 170 people. And uh, the word was put out for months to allow the word to, to get around and spread and, and uh one of the um, American guys came over and spoke to these guys and, and um, a lot of what he did was interviewing uh, each other's stories and then sharing that with everybody else. He's been right, this guy's been right across the world. He started off in um, Mozambique um, and he's worked in war-torn areas. And, and he, uh, if you want to read the book, it's called The Insanity of God. Uh, so if you want to look that up and, and find that book, that's an incredible book, but I won't go any, into that any further. 1 Peter 4, 7 says, The end of all things is at hand. Therefore, be serious and watchful in your prayers. You know, it says for that we need to pray for our governments, our rulers, uh, people in leadership over us. We need, they need our prayers. Uh, and so there's one way we can be vigilant. And if we're not praying perhaps with a group of others, why not exercise that freedom? Somebody has fought for us to have that freedom. Why can't we come together? And, and if we neglect that, we're basically saying, no, we don't care about this freedom that we have. We're letting go of that freedom um, because we're not taking advantage of it. Uh, next up, oh, sorry, I'm, on, I'm in control of this, aren't I? Look at this, 1 Peter 4, 7. Prayer. But the end of all things is at hand, therefore be serious and watchful in your prayers. Verse 8. And above all things, have fervent love for one another, for love will cover a multitude of sins. How many of us, when we get annoyed with someone, we go and tell our friend rather than the person we're annoyed with? Yay, guilty. Um, so I'm the only one here apparently, so that's okay. Uh, so we can be diligent in prayer. We can also be diligent and vigilant with our love for each other and not allow stuff to well up, to, to fester in us that we don't leave unattended. Um, I had a lady in my church come to me during the week and she's, so can I talk to you? And I said, yeah, sure. And we started talking and, and then she started tearing up and I said, what's wrong? And she started backtracking through all the things that I'd done wrong to her over the years. And I went, oh my goodness, I'm so sorry, you know. And uh, that was a tough day. 
But you know what? I was able to. Um, I, I said, I don't think we can work through this all in one day. We're going to need some other times to work through this. And, but I said, if this can be an ongoing conversation, I, I apologise for for the things that I'd done wrong and 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 made a promise that not to work in that manner again. You know, so that's one way we can be vigilant. Anyway, I hope there's not too many sessions. I have. I hope I uh, <laughs> haven't done too much. Um, Ephesians 5:15 and 16. And this is about being aware and present and keeping our eyes open in the world that we live in. See then that you walk circumspectly. Now when I think of circ- circum, I think of circle, which means looking around, keeping your eyes open. No? Uh, not as fools but as wise, redeeming the time because the days are evil. Um, you know, sometimes we'll have an, a, a kind of a rest day where we just sit and watch TV all day. I know there's nobody who feels like that. But, you know, I'm guilty of that. I'm guilty of that. And, you know, TV's good to a certain extent, but limit your time. Like, um, because we need to be out redeeming the time because the days are evil. Evil is, it says, you know, all, that, all that's required for evil to, to win is that good people do nothing. And so there's a call on our lives to live a different life to what everyone is living around us and not just, not just veg, vegetate the whole time. Do, obviously do recreational things that are going to um, put energy back in your life. And they call it re- recreation. It's recreation. You recreate yourself in that time of fun. But um, there's also that other side of it is, is once we've had our rest, once we've had our fun, let's get straight back into it and, and redeem the time because the days are evil. Okay, Okay. let me tell you a bit of a story, a couple of stories now. Um, these, the modern day stories are true, but I'm reflecting back onto possible stories in the past. Okay. So imagine a young man of 19 from Australia in about 1914 signing up for the Australian Army Corps. He learns to use a gun, but he gives his life to others defending the free world. Okay, so one, one young man decides, I'm going to learn how to shoot a gun and I'm going to do something. Uh, I'm going to fight for freedom. And imagine being one of those guys who made it through the enemy lines for the only reason that the, the gunners facing you were shooting the guys either side of you at the time. Imagine being one of those guys. And, and running through and making it and, and, and winning as a result in the end. Um, but imagine being like that. And, and to me, Jesus is a bit like that to me. Jesus, who died all these years ago, is still alive and still can t- and talk to me today t- through just knowing him in my, in my heart. He can take some of the bullets for me, take the pressure off me. And, and then he says he's going to come and live inside me and so then I can take the bullets too and I won't die but I'll be resurrected. And uh, that's, that's amazing to me that, that Jesus is like that. He's, he's gone out in front of the enemy for us and taken the bullets. He's gone, I'll put myself up there first, got you guys. I'm not going to ask you to do anything I wouldn't do myself. And uh, Jesus is like that. But there's a fellow called um, Sawyer Sweeten, and he was... In a movie, se- a TV series called uh, Everybody Loves Raymond. Does anyone remember the twins in Raymond, the twin boys? Yeah. So S- Sawyer Sweden played the part of Jeffrey Barone, uh, and he was a shy, reserved kind of a guy. 
Um, but now, and he, and he started in this TV series from 1996 to 2005. Okay, so for nine years, he was um, part of this uh, TV series, very popular, made a heap of money. But uh, after the TV series finished, he found it hard to get acting roles because everybody thought of him as Jeffrey Barone from Everybody Loves Raymond. So he found it hard to get work and uh, uh, he had enough money to get him right through life comfortably. He had money, royalties still coming in from the show because they still show, show the show on air. And in America, they continue getting those royalties. Um, and, uh, but he was visiting his family in Texas and he went out on the front porch, 19-year-old boy, and uh, pulled a gun to his head and, sh- and shot himself in the midst of visiting family in, his, in Texas. And so here we've got this contrast of a young man of 19 going off and serving at Gallipoli and, and doing something positive, even though he might not have felt so good about himself, he was doing something for someone else. And, uh, and the modern day um, teenagers that are so lost that they, they can't see a way clear to them doing something good with their lives, that, that there's a hopelessness about their life. And uh, I wanted to bring another example this morning. Imagine in 1915 a 19-year-old Australian girl who, who chooses to serve in the armed forces by becoming a nurse. She's the life of the party and she uses her natural attraction to cheer up the wounded soldiers as they recover. Okay? 95 years later in 2010, a 19-year-old girl from Victoria called Amber goes on a Kentucky tour. She sees the site at Gallipoli and she's thankful for the freedom that they've won for her there. She returns home. She's a lovely girl. She's the life of the party. She's attractive. She attracts others to herself, but things don't go well for her. She doesn't get the job she wants, and she sinks into depression. Not being fully aware the effect of her medications and the effect of alcohol, she drinks three vodka Red Bulls at a party, goes into cardiac arrest and dies. There's, there's value in everybody's life. Um, nobody should have to take their own life. Nobody should have, act, have to accidentally die in such a way. You know what I mean? And uh, I believe that we as the church carry a certain hope that's unique from anything anyone else can offer, and that is the hope of eternal life, the hope of being forgiven of all our sins and having a, a new life in Christ Jesus. And, and I don't think anybody should have to die as a result of... Um, these kind of things of shooting themselves, suicide, or of partying so hard, of using your freedom so hard that it kills you. You know? So there's this 1 Peter 2.16, freedom used poorly. As free, yet not using liberty as a cloak for vice. So in other words, all, I can do anything that I like and it'll be kind of, in a sense, it'll be okay, but not everything's going to be helpful. Not using liberty as a cloak for vice, but as bond servants of God. Honour all people, love the brotherhood, fear God and honour the king. Just, I love the way the Bible puts it so crisply and so easily. Uh, notice it says too, it doesn't say fear the king and honour God. <laughs> it's fear God because he's got our eternal souls, um, but we do honour the king. So if the king's doing the wrong thing, and when I say king, it might be prime minister, might be... PM, whoever's leading at the time, um, we give them honour. If they're working against God, uh, if it's in direct contradiction to God's law, I believe that God exempts us 
in that situation from doing what mankind wants and actually doing what God wants instead. But for the most part, they're there to protect us. They are um, there to be prayed for and honoured. And uh, there we go. So kind of just to finish up, let's have a look at some of these freedoms that we have in our society. The freedom of speech, to be able to get up and, without pulling somebody else down, say what we want to say and, and express an opinion, express a view in a public way. Uh, holding godly values in society. Um, I'm a marriage celebrant as well because I'm a minister of religion and um, we get our marriage act is basically off the 1961 marriage act. But uh, John Howard came along as the prime minister and he realised that um, people were starting to talk about same-sex marriage. And so he actually wrote it in to the marriage act that marriage was between a man and a woman. Because it was, before then it was actually assumed Nobody ever questioned it. Um, if you'd gone to the pastor and said, oh, can you marry us and you a same-sex couple, he would have said, what are you talking about? That's not going to happen. Not here. Not on my watch. And uh, there's some, some pastors that have already been sued for that, for not marrying um, um, same-sex couples. But we believe that, that children have a right to a mother and a father and wherever possible a right to have their own biological parents with them. And it's part, we understand that to be part of God's creation, part of his best plan, obviously. There's going to be times when adoption happens and there's been very successful cases of adoption and so forth. But, but the, the best is that it's a marriage is between a man and a woman. What about uh, choices, where we live, where we work, our choice of vocation? If you're in slavery, you don't get, don't get to choose what you do. Um, I understand that... Uh, if the Muslims take power in any country, they will introduce Sharia law. Does everyone know? Has everyone heard about that? Uh, whereby women are mistreated. Um, it's part of, actually part of the culture that the women aren't allowed to talk about being mistreated. So you can ask a Muslim woman, woman put her up in court even, and ask, were you, um, were you assaulted? Were you um, uh, imposed against? And she will say no, even if that's the truth even if she should have said yes. Um, so this Sharia law is quite dangerous. There's actually, uh, where there's small communities or larger communities of Muslims, the police are sometimes afraid to go in there now. Um, so they cannot actually carry out Australian law in some suburbs of Sydney. They can't execute Australian law because um, there's death threats to the police, um, police families and so forth. So I want you, I want you to understand um, if... If a, if a Muslim's running for power in our country, it may not be such a good thing to vote for them. Everyone's going, multiculturalism, yeah, great. Um, but we look at what's happening in America with a Muslim president and some of the problems that are happening there. Uh, I think it's going to work against us because if you can use democracy to get enough people in power that it no longer becomes a democracy, you lose that freedom. So anyway... I sound like I'm an anti-Muslim, but I love Muslim people. I, um, the guy at the servo and his wife are lovely Muslim people. He's invited me to go to his, uh, his mosque with him, and I'm still working out what to say back to him. I said, oh, can I have a little bit of time to think about that, please? You know, I value as, you as a friend. Um, so I'm not against Muslims. I believe that uh, many Muslims, once they understand the love of God and that, that the God, Jesus Christ, who made the heavens and earth, is a loving God and not a God of hatred 
and a God of accusation and, and a God of deception. And once they realize the true nature of our, our real God, then they open, welcome him with open arms. Um, I talked to the leader of um, the INC over in um, Egypt, in Cairo. He drove all the way across this town of 25 million, <laughs> a city of 25 million, to come and see me in the motel, which was awesome. I, we were staying near the pyramids at Geyser, and uh, he drove all the way across town. I gave him all, you know, all my good shirts and everything and, and a nice bottle of um, men's cologne that I picked up and stuff. And, uh, but he talked to me. I said, what can we do for you? And he said, pray for us. He says, because he says he personally sees about 85 Muslims come to Christ each week. He says, once they realize, he said, a lot of them will have dreams about Jesus Christ. And uh, then you start talking to them about Jesus and they go, I know that person. I saw him in my dream. And uh, incredible miracles that are happening. And, and that works off our prayers. As we pray, this stuff isn't able to happen. It's a platform that we build on. No prayer is ever wasted. Anyway, I've gone way too long, have I? Doing okay. This is my last slide, I think, so we're good. Uh, so personal safety, that's a freedom that we have at the moment. That if we call on the police, we can have someone um, tried. If we've been badly injured by someone, we can have them taken to court and accountable for their, what they've done. Uh, we've got freedom from slavery, from being told what to do every morning when we get up. You know, freedom from injustice, I hope. And if, if we're not getting freedom of adjustment, we've got this freedom of speech where we can stand up and say something. My wife wrote a letter to the Prime Minister very recently, an email to the Prime Minister, and she's received a reply already. They're going to pass it on to the Foreign uh, Minister, Julie Bishop, which, by the way, Global Care has approached Julie Bishop, so Peter Pilt has spoken to her now, and um, they're talking about um, getting funding for Global Care on a national scale, getting foreign funding for global care. And that, wouldn't that be awesome if the Prime Minister rang up Peter Pilt one day and says, hey, look, I've got about a million dollars for you in the budget. You know, that would be awesome, wouldn't it? Uh, group prayer, that's another freedom that we have that we don't necessarily take advantage of. If there's a prayer meeting on for your church, turn up! <laughs> uh, what about public reading of the Bible? Fantastic. You know, read the Bible in groups together. Share the Bible around. I know there's a heap of people in Russia and China and Iran that would give they would crawl over broken glass to get a copy of the Bible that they could read in their own language. And yet ours might sit on the bookshelf, maybe from day to day, and not be pulled out and read and, and consumed. And uh, so public reading of the Bible and Christian gatherings getting together. So those, those are some of the freedoms that we have. And I'm done, <laughs> which is a great way to finish the message, isn't it? I and C. I believe that INC has some of those same values that the Anzacs had. They talked in the Anzac parade about courage, determination and mateship from the Australian people, from those diggers that were working together in the trenches. And I believe that INC kind of matches that with our, um, our statement of faith, our, um, what we're known for is our boldness, our ability to take action and not just stand around, sit on our hands, and also the fact that we're dependable, that we will be there for your mates. And we will, if we see someone having a hard time, that we will get alongside them. Um, you know, people, people that don't know Christ, you know, get alongside them and, and love them. So there's no need for you to feel this way. I, I want to get beside you and give you some help in life and, uh, and be a mentor, be a coach to someone. 
um, and be that dependable person for someone else, you know, so that some teenage kid doesn't drop themselves off a bridge or something like that, you know. There's um, plenty of people that are hurting and, and we're, we're their next-door neighbours. And um, so, yeah, so if you're a bit discouraged this morning, I wanted to basically pray for anyone that was feeling just a bit discouraged and, uh, and maybe not feeling that freedom or feeling that you can do what you want to do with your life. And uh, so I wanted to offer some prayer this morning, but uh, in the meanwhile, I think it's time to finish, so we're going to break for some refreshments. If you'd like some prayer... Um, the, the team are going to just come up and just play a song to finish. And, uh, and if you'd like some prayer, that'd be great. Joy. 